136. We stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, imploring him, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess to you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you and justly deserved your punishment, now and forever. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God to all of you. And in the stead, and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins, In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The introit. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies. Do not let me be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon you. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. Bow down your ear to me. Deliver me. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. All you who hope in the Lord, glory be to the Father and to the and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies. Do not let me be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon you. Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy. God on high and on earth. 
Almighty God, we implore you, show your mercy unto your humble servants, that we who put no trust in our own merits may not be dealt with after the severity of your judgment, but according to your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the third last Sunday in the church years from the 32nd chapter of Exodus. Now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come, make us gods that shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And Aaron said to them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand, and he fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molded calf. Then they said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. So, When Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. Then they rose early on the next day, offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings, and the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And the Lord said to Moses, Go, get down, for your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molded calf and worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and indeed it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore let me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them, and I will make of you a great nation." Then Moses pleaded with the Lord his God and said, Lord, 
Why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians speak and say, He brought them out to harm them, to kill them in the mountains, and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath and relent from this harm to your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and all this land that I have spoken of I give to your descendants and they shall inherit it forever. So the Lord relented from the harm which he said he would do to his people. And Moses turned and went down from the mountain and the two tablets of the testimony were in his hand. The tablets were written on both sides, on the one side and on the other they were written. Now the tablets were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, There is a noise of war in the camp. But he said, It is not the noise of the shout of victory, nor the noise of the cry of defeat, but the sound of singing. I hear. So it was, as soon as he came near the camp, that he saw the calf and the dancing. So Moses' anger became hot, and he cast the tablets out of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain. Then he took the calf which he had made, burned it in the fire, and ground it to powder, and he scattered it on the water and made the children of Israel drink it. This is the word of the Lord. chapter of First Thessalonians. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this, we say to you by the word of the Lord that We who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore... Comfort one another with these words. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 24th chapter. Glory to you, Lord. 
Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Then, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. Therefore, if they say to you, look, he is in the desert, do not go out. Or look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
text is from Exodus 32, verse 10, where God says to Moses, Now, therefore, let me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them. I may consume them, and I will make you into a great nation. This is our text. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. God is testing you. I will say it again. God is testing you. We know from the Lord's Prayer that God does not lead us into temptation, for God tempts no one. He does not desire for us to sin, nor does he surreptitiously tell us the wrong thing and then see if we will sin. No, our loving God is always seeking to help us. He desires for us to resist temptation. He is always strengthening us by his word and encouraging us to have a victory over sin. Nevertheless, God does allow human freedom. And he may test our devotion to him. But that being said, let me make it clear that our God is an omniscient God. That is, he knows all things. So, he does not test us in order to try to find out something which he does not know. No, he he already knows all things. Now, that's different from us. When we dip our toe into a pool... We do it in order to discover whether it is too cold or too hot. We don't know. We don't know the temperature of the water. That's why we do it. But when God allows us to be tested, he does not do it for himself. He does it for us. He already knows. We need to know. We need to know how unfit our nature is as well as the strength of our faith or the lack of it. So in today's Old Testament reading, Moses, he's gone up on Mount Sinai to meet with God. He's been up there much longer than anyone expected. Now, when the glory of God had come down on the mountain and Moses went up there, Exodus 24 says that the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. And so, well, it's been 40 days and and 40 nights, so they decided their leader probably burned up. Where is he? We haven't heard from him for 40 days and nights. Um, They're impatient. They're ready to move on. And so the people say, as for this fellow Moses, we don't know what has become of him first trouble that we have. When things don't go according to our time frame, that's when we're called to trust in God. We're called to set aside our ideas, our expectations, and to trust that God is still in control. Nevertheless, our ideas often lead us to doubt God, and we fall into sin. So, We desire someone to love us. We desire to have a spouse. But we think 
Well, kind of impatiently, we decide, well, maybe we'll live together in sin for a while because maybe that way I can get a spouse. We've been praying for a job, but none come in the time frame we want. And so it's time to fudge the resume a little bit and and see if we can get one. We badly want to see the house sold. It's not selling. Uh, You can bury a statue of St. Joseph in the yard for good luck. It's satanic arts, but maybe we can get to work out quicker. Our God sent them Moses to speak to them the word of God, to lead them out. Almighty God brought out the Israelites by means of the ten miracles. When Pharaoh came after them, God drowned them and his army in the Red Sea. Do they think that the all-powerful God did, went to all this effort so that now he's gone and Moses is toast? I don't think so. Despite God's effort and intention, they have already given up on God. Due to his delay, they assume Moses is gone. God's abandoned us. They're looking for a change of God's. Or maybe it is. This disappearance is just an excuse to change to a God that they would like. After all, this God which Moses met on Mount Sinai, you might remember, uh, the, the words of the Ten Commandments were spoken out um, scared them out of their wits as at the bottom of the uh, mountain and Exodus 20 says, now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. When the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. Well, now that Moses is gone, let's get a God that's not so scary. Let's get one without the law. They want a God that they can control. Aaron told them, It would cost them their gold jewelry. Eh, That kind of sacrifice is never too much for a sinner to give. A payment? That's fine. Something minor? Yeah, we can give that. Just give us the God that we want. Problem number two. We want a God that supplies our needs. Not giving us patience to go about doing our job. We want quick healing for our loved one. Because you know what? The time and effort that it takes to help them is just too much. It's getting in the way. Frustrated, our anger strikes out and says, you know, I have my own life. I don't have time to take care of my sick child or my sick parent. We want a God to fit into our sinful life. We don't want to transform our sinful life into the word of God. In their pride, the Israelites failed the test. Now, as I said before, God knew they were weak. He knew that many were unbelieving. God knew they needed to be shown their unworthy, sinful condition. God was using this test so that having been shown their sin, they might trust in his guiding and be strengthened through his word. Moses had left Aaron in charge, and while he went up on the mountain, the priest Aaron feared the people. He gave in to their demands. He did not rebuke their unbelief. He didn't lead them to trust and persevere in the strong faith. Instead, Aaron 
makes them a golden calf, just like the heathen around have one. And then he craftily tells them, it's all right, we're still worshiping the Lord. We brought them out of Egypt. Aaron deceptively says that the worship was somehow Israelite content, but with a heathen style. But Moses is not fooled. He's angry because he knows they have another god. They have an idol, and they have worshipped it. And so not only the people, but we see the priest Aaron has failed the test. So now let's look at Moses. Moses had a test as well. God says to him, I have seen this people. And indeed, it is a stiff-necked people. It means they, they won't turn. They won't repent. Now, therefore, let me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them, and I will make of you into a great nation. Moses' test is whether he's going to fulfill his office as a mediator for God's people. God tells him that he will kill them all off, and he'll be again again with Moses, and Moses will be the leader of this great nation. You see, the law is clear. They've committed adultery, and they deserve to die. There would be nothing wrong with God killing them off in justice. But when God tells them the Ten Commandments earlier, they said, everything you said, God, we will do. And now Moses is being offered the honor of being the patriarch of a new people like Abraham. God is willing to start over with Moses. How will Moses respond? Moses does not fail the test. Moses does not merely throw the law at these Israelites. He does not succumb to pride that God has selected him. Moses doesn't say, oh, fine, to hell with all of you. I'm the new king. Moses was chosen by God to bring the people out of Egypt, to bring them into a good and spacious land. Moses is not a Pharisee who only clings to the law. Moses preaches the gospel of mercy and forgiveness. Moses clings to the coming of a Savior. Like a good mediator, Moses clings to God's promise and says to God, you promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, look what you did for this people. You are a good and forgiving God. He intercedes for the people, pleading for mercy. (coughs) Moses passes the test. Now, this is not to say that Moses is the perfect Savior. Actually, there's another test recorded in Scripture in which Moses fails and he's not allowed to see the promised land or enter into it. But, nevertheless, in this instance, Moses has clung to the Word of God and he has not given in to impatience or pride or selfish desires. When things didn't happen according to Moses' idea or his time frame, he trusted in God's wisdom and mercy. The epistle reading for today. It lets us know we're not to be ignorant of the outcome of those believers who die in the Lord. The death of a loved one is usually one of those times in which we question God's plan. When tragedy hits, we decide concerning God that we don't know what has happened to God. When illness drags on and God doesn't answer prayer in which we desire, we become impatient and move on. It's at the point of death, and that's a test, that we need to bear up under the test and trust in the mercy of God. Our loved ones aren't destroyed. They are with the Lord. 
They have fallen in the sleep with Jesus. They wake up in paradise. As for their body, when our Lord descends from heaven on the last day, it will rise. There is a delay, yes, between death and the resurrection from the dead. Like the Israelites that waited 40 days and 40 nights, well, your wait may be longer. Do not abandon the true faith. Make an idol from the gold of your itching ears. But instead, comfort yourselves with the words of Christ's return, of the resurrection unto eternal life for all who believe in Christ. The Holy Gospel. It speaks about an abomination of desolation. Now, that certainly isn't something we would have expected from God. God promised to create a church, and it would be something that even the gates of hell were not to be overcome by it. Uh, it was not to overcome the church. God promised to create and strengthen faith through the word and the sacraments. And now we hear what? There's going to be an abomination of desolation standing in the holy place in the external church of God. What about that? Do not fear. Did you not think that God had a plan? Did he not know this ahead of time? Of course he did. God knew there would be false Christ and false prophets, and they would arise to deceive God's people. God even knew that the Antichrist would be a worldwide organization of works righteousness. It would be an abomination that would be against the all-sufficient work of Christ. Therefore, I tell you, our God is testing us. He has warned us of an enemy. He has told us to flee from it. Do not go back. In God's mercy, we know that those days will be shortened. For the sake of you, who are God's elect, the days of testing will be shortened. Otherwise, none of us would be saved. What does this testing do? It teaches us about our weakness, our sinful nature, and even our human nature created by God. It is so infected by sin that we cannot stand upright without the help of God. We are unfit to succeed in battle without God as our mighty fortress. Through testing, we come to learn that our competence comes only from God. He continually forgives our sins. He continually strengthens us by his forgiveness. Cling in faith to our Savior. Over time, through this word of God and repentance and forgiveness, we will learn not to wait, not to just wait for the next text, test that comes. We'll be aware of our situation, where we are right here on earth. We will continually rely on our God. We will make use of every opportunity that he gives to receive the word and the sacraments, and we will cry out, make haste, O God, hurry up and deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes us all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. The Offertory, Create Me, it's on page 143. We stand.
Let us pray to the Lord. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, you have made us your true children. You have brought us forgiveness of sins. You have turned aside your wrath through the work of your Son, Jesus Christ. And so now we ask that we may live in your mercy and favor. Though we live in a sinful world and daily see around us all the signs of the coming end of all things, direct our hope in your salvation that we might be spared of judgment and endure through the end. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord O oh Lord, give your church the Holy Spirit so that the pure teaching of your word would create faith in Christ and that your children would lead godly lives. Use your pastors in Christ, including our Bishop James, our pastors Gary and Michael, that by their preaching and teaching, your will would be done to break and hinder every evil plan of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, as well as those of false Christs and prophets. Be with Pastor Dulas and St. Peter and Paul Evangelical Lutheran Church in Simpson, South Carolina. Be with our Director Keeley and uphold that she would be upheld and strengthened in her work on behalf of our Learning Center. Give all of us cheerful hearts that we would consider our abundant blessings and resolve to bring you a fitting portion of our income and time over the next year. We ask for the perception to see that the wars, the rumors of wars, famines, earthquakes, natural disasters, tribulations, lawlessness, even divisions in the church, they're all signs that the Son of Man will soon return in glory, that he will judge the world, that we might uh, see these signs of his return, that you will bring your church to repentance, that you will strengthen it, Uh, in the proclamation of the gospel so that we know that there will be salvation of many who believe. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord. Bless our nation, its president, all who serve in government, that we who rejoice in your truth may be permitted without restriction to declare your glory and serve you. Protect body and possessions. Protect our police officers from harm and danger. Provide healing for those who have become injured in the line of duty. Finally, give courage and loyalty to those who protect our land, that they may curb violence, maintain law and order, guide and protect our military personnel, especially Danny, Jason, and Blake, our police officers, especially Daniel and Alex from all harm and danger, and in your good time, bring them home. Having given us a constitutional republic, having provided the government as your servant, Lead our citizens to exercise their civic duties with wisdom, electing candidates who will lead our country in ways that please you. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord. Bless our shut in Carolyn, our elderly, Violet and Tom. Provide for the needs of Kevin, Stan, Jack, Levi, Jennifer, Victor and Marcia, and Anita. Be with our students, Sarah. Sadie, Jonathan, Kara, Alexis, Ashley, Cameron, and Benjamin, and Jacob. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord. O Lord, Heavenly Father, we here remember the sufferings and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Praising his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our own high priest. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth, 
to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, for to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. resurrection open to us the way of everlasting life therefore with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven we laud and magnify your glorious name evermore praising you and saying With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood as he bids us do in his own testament. Hear us as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. 
Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
the Lord, for he is good. And his mercy endures forever. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. We implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.